You are listening to The Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman, where Black excellence is always trending. Happy Wednesday, listeners. Today we are speaking with Kevin Jenkins, Oakland native, father, former Alameda County Public Health Commissioner, and recently inducted Peralta Community College trustee. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Drea. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. (laughs) I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. Great. So, Tell the people about your background, like, and specifically your collegiate studies in urban planning and public administration. Give us a little background about yourself. Okay. So I'm a native of Oakland, proud native of Oakland. Went to elementary school with you at St. Leo's Elementary. From there, I went to St. Mary's in Oakland High School. After that, I went to Peralta Community College District, which was formative in my years. I went there not being the best writer. I had some of the greatest instructors that helped me along the way. At Peralta Community College, I was able to struggle and persevere at the same time. From Peralta, I transferred to San Francisco State, where I earned my degree in urban studies and planning. And from there, I went on to earn my master's degree in public administration from Cal State University, East Bay. So what was it like growing up from Oakland? Do you feel like being a native kind of helps you see the landscape of the educational system? The educational system has done a good job for some, not so great job for many. Um, Being from Oakland, you get a wide perspective. This is an area in which we have a a lot of newcomers in tech and different industries coming out here. And so seeing the changes is troublesome and amazing at the same time. Streets that you wouldn't walk down now have $600,000 homes there. Areas that were decrepit now are thriving with beer gardens and everything. So it's interesting being a native and seeing all the changes here. (laughs) You said now there's beer gardens everywhere. (laughs) Absolutely, man. People walking their dog at 1 a.m., riding bikes, you know, in the bike lanes. On Mandela Parkway. Exactly. When the bike lanes come, you know that your neighborhood's about to change. That is so true. So let's backtrack a little bit. How did you get started in public work? Out of college. In college, we needed a internship. And I guess when I was applying for internships, I didn't have the best resume or people just didn't want me, either of the two. Uh, I was blessed um, by God to get an internship with Supervisor Keith Carson, who has been doing work great work, probably since uh, before the 80s, probably before you and I were born. He's Alameda County Supervisor over District 5. And so I got to cut my teeth a lot in his office, gave me the experience with working with the public, policy, running campaigns. Working for him, he really exposed me to a lot of public life and service. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty cool individual. It's so funny because many, many moons ago <laughs> when I was on a different uh, radio communications show at Laney College, the Black Hour, uh, myself and my co-host, uh, Rashid Shabazz, we actually interviewed him. This was many, many moons ago. <laughs> Uh, he probably doesn't even remember, but you never know. But well, don't when I just spoke like that, to Dre, him, many moons ago, <laughs> makes me old too. Well, no, okay. Well, 
a moon ago. Okay, there we go. <laughs> One moon ago. Okay. <laughs> but yes, uh, when we spoke to him back then, he was very warm and inviting and knowledgeable about public policy and the position that he was in. And I think he's definitely uh, one of the people, one of the people who are making waves and actually seeing the community and, and engaging the community and empowering the community to restore itself and to trust in each other to make Oakland a better place. I completely agree. And it's important getting in public service is important because the deck, the decks are stacked against people, uh, specifically people, Black people and people of color, the decks are stacked against us. Um, and so I see public service as an equalizer, getting a chance to undo some of the harmful policies, issues, undo them and make them right um, to the best of our ability. Reali- I realize that the deck is still going to be stacked against us and for a number of years. But if I could do my part in my corner of the world, I think I've done my job. And that's what we need is more, more black people, more people of color stepping up and stepping into these roles in the, in a public way, for sure. I agree. Um, there's so many barriers that are there for people getting in office, but yes, we need more people, more black people, more people of color stepping in roles and really doing a good job for your community and bringing your lens of wherever you come from. Um, to these roles and having a seat at the table so that you can really affect change. So speaking of stepping up and building opportunities for the community, right now you're a trustee for the Peralta Community College. What exactly does a trustee do? Excellent question. As a trustee, I work with six other trustees to oversee the policy and vision of the community college district. So in Peralta, we have four colleges, Berkeley City College, College of Alameda, Laney, and uh, Merritt. And so we oversee the policy and vision of the district. Um, we don't get into operations. We oversee the fiduciary responsibility. So approving the budget and also... AKA the money, honey. That's exactly where it is. The budget is where the priorities are. And then Another role that we have, we only have one employee, and that's the chancellor. So we're responsible for supervising the chancellor, hiring and firing the chancellor, making sure that the district is running in a way that's sustainable for future generations. I think once when people start thinking about boards and trustees, they think of really boring people sitting around <laughs> a, a table just going on and on for hours. Like what makes this role and what makes this board fun and engaging and necessary for the growth of the student population at the community colleges? Well, that's an interesting question. Fun, not so much. I I, I wouldn't describe it as (laughs) such. Um, But I'm very passionate about the board. So like you, I was a community college student. Like many community college students, I have a whole lot of withdrawals. So that's when um, you drop the class after the last day to drop and you get a W on your transcript. So, Drea, mm-hmm. I have about, I probably earned an AA worth of withdrawals. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, we got to see. But with that, I think I'm more of the w- rule and not the exception. People come to community colleges for different purposes and the community college system helps build people. 
Um, mm-hmm. It helps change tax brackets. It helps change lives. And so I'm committed to serving to ensure that the same quality of service that I got back in 2004 is better now in 2021. Ensuring that the people that come and work for our district um, are coming to work for a place that values them and ensuring that this crown jewel of the East Bay community will be around sustainable for future generations long past the time I'm here and long past the time that you're here. You know, I read your interview with The Citizen, which is a student-run publication of the Peraza Community College District, uh, where you expressed progressive dreams of Peralta being able to provide housing for its students. Mm-hmm. Is that on the docket right now? How would that happen? So first and foremost, housing is a big need across the Bay Area. As we were saying Period. earlier, yes. with, right? With new people coming in, this place being a tech hub, everyone needs housing. Um, I think, were you able to watch Last Chance You? No, tell me about that. So last chance you followed the Laney football team and it's after they won their state championship. It might've been a state championship or a national championship. And so it was maybe uh, six or seven episodes on Netflix. I highly recommend it, but it's not all about football. It's what comes with the studies. It's the student athlete that has two children that has to take their kids to um, class with them. It's the person trying to get a scholarship because they can't afford um, college. And it's also highlighted students that are housing insecure. They had a young man that was sleeping in his car. And so I think it's more common than not, especially with the high housing cost out here, that we have housing insecure students. So housing is definitely a priority. How we get there is going to be the challenge, but it's definitely a priority. Yeah, I will have to check that out. Tell, Say the name of it again. Last Chance You on Netflix. All right, people, y'all heard it here first. Y'all check it out on Netflix. Let me know how that goes. I will also be watching. Good, good. So since you have been doing this public work, not just with uh, Peralta so far, but even back to your time with Keith Carson, how have you seen the direct effects of this public policy in the community? How have you seen it changing the community? Public policy has a effect on the community, good and bad. Um, so when Jerry Brown was the mayor, I believe, and you can fact check me, but he wanted to bring in 10,000 new residents to Oakland. And that's, Jerry Brown was mayor probably when we were in high school. Would you say Ooh. that's correct? <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. And so we're seeing the long-term effects of this call for new um, residents in Oakland, right? So when you have people coming in, inevitably, like people are going to get pushed out, housing prices are going to move up. So that's one of the long-term policy effects that we have. Also of interest is now the defund the police, right? So over the years, people have been arguing that these police budgets are bloated. They don't need to be that large. They don't need to have that much overtime. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be interesting in seeing 10 years from now how that's working out and how the response to defund the police, George Floyd, unfortunately, being murdered by um, 
I guess law enforcement officers, I, I come up with other names, but we're going to see the long-term effect of what defunding the police is going to have on this community. So I think gentrification is the biggest one. And it happens not because people want to just move to Oakland. Things change, right? We have more mm-hmm. available. There's more bars out. And those are all policy changes, allowing for more bars, allowing for more bike lanes, allowing for wineries in downtown Oakland. So all of those policy changes have effects long term. And it's interesting to see how they take place 5, 10, 15 years from now. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting to me, just as you said that, is that a lot of these are alcohol establishments that you're mentioning. Right. And just, I think that says a lot versus there being more community services or social services or creative opportunities for people. So I I think that's a really interesting point. Um, If you look at East Oakland, which is like the last area to be gentrified where both you and I stay, Mm -hmm. if you want to go to a bar, you're going to go to San Leandro or the like nearest bars, Monaghan's on the Hill in like district four, but in deep East Oakland, like, you can't really go and get a good drink and uh, some food. And it's the last area that hasn't been gentrified. It's the last area that doesn't have the greatest, they don't have the greatest, or we don't have the greatest grocery stores. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I'm going out, I got to go to Emeryville, I got to go to San Leandro, or even Alameda. That is true. That is very, very, very much true especially speaking on grocery stores, but that'll be part of the for, of a future episode. We'll be talking to somebody else <laughs> about grocery store development in the deep East Oakland. But thank you for including that just now. I wanted to ask you specifically, like as a young black man raised here in the East Bay in Oakland, have you seen a lot of these public and educational leadership positions occupied by non-natives or have there really been people you know bred and born here like organically kind of joining the public public service ranks that's a good question it's a mixed bag for most positions out here we don't have term limits so the same people your parents were voting for are the same people that are in office now for some of these offices (laughs) And I'm not saying that's a good thing nor a bad thing, right? But our generation, we're just now climbing through and breaking through and getting a seat at the table. Mm. But I guess like in our parents' generation, like, yeah, we had some people that were born and bred here. And there's also people that come here and make their home here that want to get into public service and do an amazing job as well. So in you asking that question is something I'm going to think about going forward as our generation is breaking through and getting our seat at the table and making these policy changes. Is it people that are from here, born and bred, Oakland, born and bred, East Bay, or is it people that are moving here and saying, hey, this is a wonderful place to call home? Hey, fam, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you about it. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. 
So it can be heard across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast just in one place. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And, you know, to further that, do you see or do you think that your presence and the presence of others of your same hue and melanin in this industry will affect the next generation of black and brown children? Gosh, I hope so. Uh, I I really, <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. But, you know, I don't know. Most people don't know they have a community college trustee. Right? Most people can't tell you who their community college trustee is. When I was at Peralta, I didn't know there was a community college trustee, uh, community college board of trustees. I didn't, couldn't name you who the president of the university or the uh, community college was. I couldn't name you who the chancellor was. Obscure districts in which you have representatives of that you have to vote for. It's the hope. It's the hope to be a standout and a leader for the next generation of young children, I think. Because, I yes, I agree with you. When I was in my, you know, laney days, I only knew a little bit more than most of my counterparts at that time because I was, you know, I was a friend to, I was a colleague to someone who was very much involved in in not just student government, but uh, the government and knowledge and talking to and interacting with and politicking and protesting and writing letters to our Laney College leadership, to our community college leadership, to the city of Oakland leadership. This person was very integral in a lot of movements during that time and a lot of writings about what was going on and how the leadership was affecting us on campus. So I think, I, I believe you when you say like, uh, you know, majority of, pe- of students on campus and probably a good amount of residents of Oakland and the East Bay period, you know, are not quite aware of these more, I don't want to say obscure, but like more intimate, but kind of far away connections if they're not specifically a part of this particular circle. Oh, absolutely. We see what happened at Flint, uh, Michigan with the water crisis, right? Mm -hmm. I bet you most people can't name their East Bay mud director. Or didn't know that they have an East Bay Mud director, but it's so important mm-hmm. that we know these things and hold these people accountable. Um, another thing, East Bay Regional Park District, right? Like mm-hmm. people will go there, but most people didn't know that, don't know that they have a director, somebody that represents them in the park district. So I, I think there has to be more awareness, and hopefully that awareness will take place. Yes, definitely. I I hope that this particular episode shines some light on that for people to hear you talk about it so they can educate themselves and go Google for themselves. And I also hope that some of the leaders, you know, I've seen a lot of leaders actually trying to, well, not trying to, but transitioning to social media and being more active there. And I think that is such a great addition to getting the word out about the various agencies and 
groups and organizations here in the Bay Area that are part of our working society? You're you're right. I I, I implore people to take a look at these offices. Um, most of them go uncontested, or a lot of them go uncontested, especially when you get mm-hmm. into these obscure or further down ballot offices. So I think if people want to make an impact on their community, sign up to run for one of these offices. Uh, It's great experience. Uh, It's not necessarily easy, but it's a great experience and it's something great you can do for your community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not sure how much of a push has been had, but definitely for these further down positions and like just different agencies that are local to us, but not as known. I feel like there should be definitely a push for them to reach out, to be out at community events, to have booths at the festivals, to do some kind of in-school presentation for elementary and high schools, just to really present themselves more and so that children can see what's going on in the city so that more people can be aware of what's going on in their city and be a part of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And the one that I said, um, East Bay regional park district, Mm -hmm. they have miles and miles of land, beautiful hikes, um, places you can go swimming. Uh, I know during shelter in place, I was spending a lot of time at East Bay regional park district. I didn't know they had a lake there. All right. Um, Everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people in Oakland depend on Lake Merritt or have depended on Lake Merritt for entertainment during shelter in place. But they have such beautiful scenery at East Bay Regional Park District. And I'm not sure if the general public is aware of it or specifically inner city Oakland um, has access to it. So I think you're right. If people are going to the schools and saying, hey, I'm your representative for East Bay Regional Park District or East Bay Mud or Oakland Unified School Districts, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, or Peralta, um, it will make our kids more informed so that the leaders of tomorrow have great awareness of what's going on. Exactly. People, yes, exactly. People are very much uh, gathered at Lake Merritt. And I'm like, there's so many other beautiful places just in Oakland. Like, just even in that area. Just go down the street. Um, But yeah, I I agree with you. The Rose Garden is a beautiful place to take a book out, um, read, go on a date, um, Mm -hmm. take a walk with a friend. The Rose Garden is beautiful right up from the lake. Exactly. There's so many pockets of like neighborhoods of of gardens, of different lakes, of different trails that people could take, you know, and we just I feel like the community just needs to be more exposed to it. That's why I also love Black Cultural Zone. I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, I love the Black Cultural Zone. Uh, CJ is doing excellent work there. I was there last Saturday or last Sunday, right? and they had the kids out and different stations for the kids, also area for the kids to run around, play, be free. And it's exactly the type of thing that we need in East Oakland. And Council Member Taylor has done an excellent job and you should have him on the show as well. He's done an excellent job uh, <laughs> with pushing that project and making sure that, you know, this cultural zone is here for um, the people of Oakland. Exactly. 
So shifting gears just a little bit, what comes to mind when you hear the phrase black boy joy? It's really hard in this world like to walk as a black man. Just living your life as a black man on this earth, you're not confined by the system of white supremacy or what other people stereotype you as. Who are people that are shaking your world right now? So I think first and foremost, my son, uh, Elijah, he's six years old and he helps me be a better person every day. A lot of the mistakes that I would make in the past, I try not to make them. I try to be the best role model for him as possible. Another person that shakes my world would be, I guess, my sister also keeps me grounded, focused, and keeps me on track when it comes to my goals. One of uh, my goals for this year is to be a more peaceful, kinder, gentler person. Um, Not that I wasn't that before, but continuously evolving, growing, and being a better person in this world. Yes, we we all must continue to evolve into gentler and kinder versions of ourselves, for sure. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to coming back sooner rather than later. And hopefully the audience was able to get something out of this today. Thanks, (laughs) Drea. Thank you, everyone, listening to The Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman where Black excellence is always trending.